Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, August 20th, 2021. On today's episode of the show, I'm going to be presenting an interview that I did with the band Sparks about their first movie musical, which is called Annette. My name is Ben Pearson. I am a senior writer at SlashFilm.com. And yeah, like I said, today is just going to be this conversation that I had with Sparks earlier this week about Annette, which is a really, really fascinating movie from director Leos Carex, who directed a film called Holy Motors a few years ago. And Annette is, as I mentioned, a musical. It is uh, the type of movie that kind of defies easy categorization, which I suppose is appropriate considering it's coming from Sparks, which is a band that defies easy categorization. Uh, If you saw Edgar Wright's documentary, The Sparks Brothers, which came out earlier this year, then you have at least a baseline understanding of the type of eccentric performers that these guys are in the way that they have really actively pushed back against the idea of being put in any sort of box as uh, artists and storytellers. And now they're they're out here with a new movie called Annette, which is streaming right now on Amazon Prime Video. Man, I, I mean, how to even describe this movie? In the most basic possible terms, it's a film about a comedian who is played by Adam Driver, who falls in love with an opera singer who is played by Marion Cotillard, and the two of them have let's call it an unusual 
uh, child, an unusual daughter. And that is sort of the movie spirals from there. So um, that is obviously being pretty vague about what exactly goes on. But this is a, a really, really strange film. And, um, you know, I'll be completely upfront with you guys. It's not like my favorite film of the year. But I think there is some really interesting stuff in here, especially on the a thematic level that Sparks uh, is sort of exploring here in a way that I'm not fully convinced would work just as well um, in its original form. And we talk about that in this interview, how this this uh, movie ended up, how it sort of evolved over the years. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any more prelude that is necessary here. I don't think so. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. Oh, oh, okay. One more thing. Uh, so the first voice you'll hear is mine asking a question. And then the first person who answers is Ron Mayle. And his the Sparks is made up of Ron and Russell, two brothers. So Ron answers first, and then uh, Russell jumps in to join after that. So here is my conversation with Sparks. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Good. Great. Uh, so I initially thought that Edgar Wright's recent docu documentary was my introduction to your work, but in doing research for this, I realized that it, I had actually heard some of your stuff well before that because you guys did the soundtrack for the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Knockoff in the late 90s. <laughs> oh yeah, um, classic. <laughs> so I was, I was wondering if there was anything that you learned on that project that you were able to take with you into the making of Annette. Well, to be honest, what we learned is that we feel that we have more abilities to do a movie musical than we do to do a soundtrack. <laughs> and maybe it was the circumstances then, but you know, there's so many people that are capable of doing soundtrack uh, music and working quickly to satisfy a director in that way. And, and so we, but we feel that working in, uh, to do a, a movie musical that, it, we figured out a way to to incorporate uh, singing and sung sung kind of speaking within a musical context that we feel is is fairly unique. So we we prefer to do that, uh, and you know not not to take away anything from that film. I mean, it was a great Hong Kong director, Choi Hark, that directed that that. Uh, film so uh but we we realized then that that experience not because necessarily the film but just just as the process wasn't something that we were really particularly interested in gotcha i'm curious about the origins of annette did you guys write a specific song first that you then thought oh this might actually work well in a movie or did the idea to write a film come first how did that work for you guys no, it was it was to actually have a complete narrative piece. Um, we we had um, you know we've done a, a lot of Sparks albums, uh, twenty five, and you know, and and at this point, it's really kind of challenging to find new ways to put to frame our music in and kind of new challenges at this point, and so doing a. Uh, a long narrative piece was something that we we set out intentionally to do and we had thought Annette would be Sparks next album uh nine years ago when we came up with the idea and then we had all of the music and the and the story was there and at that point is when we presented this just by coincidence to to Leos Carax the director and he responded so favorably to it and wanted to direct it eventually and so 
we though initially had thought this would be a a live kind of theatrical presentation by us as the band and we would each be doing one of the characters that are in the movie now and and we would bring in a, an opera singer as well uh to do the Anne role from from the movie wow that's really fascinating so so was it um the fact that leos sort of sparked to the concept that really got you guys to change your mind on the presentation the final form of how it all came together yeah yeah because yeah, i mean we first of all just we we've always wanted to have a a, mo a movie musical made we never considered though that this was going to be the one and then also just you know we have such respect for him as a filmmaker and so when he said that he would be uh interested in directing the film all of a sudden we thought well you know maybe maybe we'll change course and uh and go go that direction because you know it, it to have that kind of thing of both having a, a movie musical and especially directed by leo's Carrick is just a dream situation please yeah and, and you mentioned uh ron earlier about like um like pleasing your director. And I'm wondering, since you guys sort of were the, the creative uh, force behind generating this project, what was your relationship like with Leos? Like once, you know, in those early conversations, how, how, um, what was it like for you guys to sort of cede control to a director after living with the story for so long? It, you know, there's a certain level, you know, within the band, we're kind of, uh, we're dominant in what we're, we're doing and we don't kind of take any kind of outside uh, advice particularly well but obviously within a film situation it's such a collaborative process and then in particular with a director like like Leos who really has a personal kind of stamp on his film so you realize going in you're you're going to have to see you know quite a bit of that kind of control but the the thing that we had faith in is that first of all he really liked the the whole basis of what what was there and then you know we we discussed early on with them also the our feelings about what a modern movie musical should be and we were kind of totally in sync with that uh, in a general sense like the idea that the character should should be always kind of uh demonstrating a sincerity when they're when they're when they're saying the lines that it shouldn't be kind of distance or kind of winking when they're performing something. And, and I think also, may, you know, maybe this isn't anything we discussed, but I think it's natural for the way he makes films. And, and we were, you know, uh, totally feeling the same way that there isn't kind of the typical Hollywood musical choreography in the film that you, you might see uh just you know every there is choreography but it's very subtle within within the the film and and then the, just the stylistic thing of the way people are singing isn't done in kind of a a broadway sense it it's it's more like naturalistic and maybe even pop at at times obviously the opera singing is the opera singing but but in a general way it isn't being done like in that kind of grandiose style of of Broadway, and so so we were all you know together in a general way about what we felt it should be. I mean, obviously there were discussions along the way 
about altering some of the, some of the lyrics. And then at his suggestion, we added uh, probably three, at least three songs like The Abyss and Girl from the Middle of Nowhere uh, and The Birth of Annette were all things that weren't in the original. But, <laughs> but you know, we had faith that he loved the original thing so much that it wasn't that it was kind of starting from scratch. Yeah, I, I was um, kind of surprised really at the sheer amount of music that is in this film. So can you guys tell me a little bit about your decision to include a lot of really short songs rather than rely on that sort of traditional structure that you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of film musicals, I mean, like Umbrellas of Sherbrooke comes to mind where there's one theme kind of that's sort of pounded uh, for two hours or however long the, the movie is, which is a great, incredible theme, but it's kind of, every two minutes it, it comes up and it's it's really great but yeah our the approach was more to have it be that that there didn't necessarily have to be a connection both thematically or stylistically between pieces in the movie that it that it could be really um just um you know fluctuating constantly and that that um you know, there, that that in the end, hopefully there would be a cohesion to the whole thing, despite the fact that it's not got a repeating theme. I mean, there's the aria that does repeat um, several times throughout the movie. And it's the theme that the baby Annette ends up, you know, humming, isn't able to sing the words, obviously, but is able to hum through it. So it's it's one theme that sort of does repeat throughout it. But but basically, there's there's not another piece that's kind of constant and um you know we kind of like that that sort of approach to it there's actually um 42 pieces of music in the in the movie and um and even some there's a couple of scenes that en were ended up by Leos's decision to be um not you know cut from the film where there's actually about maybe four or five pieces that along the way he thought maybe there was just um the scenes were maybe superfluous in a certain way. So there's actually more music had been uh, created for wow. that. Uh, I'm wondering if the medium of film unlocked a different sense of freedom or creativity for you guys. Like you mentioned that, you know, with all of your albums, you're, you're sort of up against a wall trying to come up with a, a different way to tell a story. And this, this medium is so different. I'm wondering, especially since the project has shifted from your original inception of, or conception rather of, of, maybe playing it, you know, as part of a live show. And then once the jump was made, the decision was made, okay, this is actually going to be a movie now. Were there any changes that you made that said, oh, okay, you know, I can, now that we have the freedom to tell this with a camera and, and not be locked into a stage setting, um, were there any sort of changes that happened there? I don't think in that kind of way, because we, even in the original version, we were kind of working outside of what we normally do as a band like like different than doing discrete songs so we kind of the reason that we wanted to work that way in tandem with our our a sparks album that we would be doing at that time was was just that that there are there are certain freedoms that you can can have when you're doing a long narrative piece it doesn't obviously it doesn't have to be self piece doesn't have to be self-contained with the beginning, middle, and end within that three minutes. It can be kind of 
something that's relating to something, you know, two hours, two hours later. But, but the other thing is just stylistically, we never felt bound by having to, to do something in a particular way. So I'm, I don't think it was necessarily the idea of it being a, a movie that kind of gave us a freedom. I think it was just the idea of doing a long narrative musical piece and then that obviously became a movie that that felt very liberating to us i mean the one thing is that laos was able to kind of stage the you know i stage is kind of a bad way of putting it but just the the way that he was able to make visual some of the so many of the scenes from the film were in our own minds it was just uh, a very vague kind of concept of how this would would be shown was, you know, was so brilliant and always surprising in really, in really good ways. And so, so that, you know, it was such a treat for us to see what he would come up with as far as how he was shooting different scenes. What about on a thematic level? Did, did you guys feel like this was an opportunity to explore themes that maybe you felt wouldn't work in the form of a traditional album or something? Well, I mean, it's it's a story, so I think that that was more the the case, um, you know, rather than having, um, you know, uh, it having any relation to like sort of uh, any any causes. Some people have brought up things like the, uh, you know, it references to sort of a without saying it at that time because it was written well before that, but Me Too movement kind of themes that sort of thing at certain points and in in a um about the you know the destructive nature of show business those sorts of things and and for us those things might exist in a in a way within this within the story but they're not things that we kind of um wanted to it it wasn't trying to be a statement about those things by by any means it was more this story and this relationship that goes off kilter between these two people that have one being a stand-up comedian and one being a an opera singer and how just their really um you know lives that are so different became one and that that ended up not working for them and that the idea of this child inheriting the the uh the ability to be able to sing as a result of the you know the death of of the of her mother, that just was more intriguing to us, that kind of concept. And so as a, as, as a byproduct, those other elements sort of, they, they do appear within it, but uh, thematically it was more the, this, the story of this relationship of these two people that was interesting to us and their child. Cause we, we, you know, I think we're, we kind of feel within the context of making spark songs, we're pretty free to, kind of go into any kind of area. And so uh, we don't have to, we never feel that we're kind of bound by what a traditional pop song should be about. So, so you know, in that sense, I think that that it it isn't like a, a big stretch for us to kind of be writing about other things within a film area. Gotcha. Um, so I think I probably have time for one more question with you guys. And I'm just curious if you, especially after this experience, if you guys have any interest in directing stuff yourself in, in the future, any, any films? Well, I mean, we're kind of more, I think our abilities would be more in doing another movie musical, but as the, in the same 
position we were in with Annette, where you kind of writing the story and and doing all of the music. And we've we've in fact started working on another movie musical project because we we love the process so much and just love the possibilities of what you can do with a with a modern movie musical. So we're that's our the next thing that we're we're working on apart from a new Sparks album at the same time. And I think that that's probably where we would be better than having to learn uh, or stumble into a, a craft of directing. Uh, I don't know. We, we think we, we could leave that to somebody else that we really, really trust with their, you know, with their ability to, to do that, but to use kind of incorporate our sensibility of, of how to do a modern movie musical. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm out of time with you guys, but thank you so much and, and congratulations on the movie. Thanks so much. Thank All right. You. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. If you'd like to learn any more about Annette, we have an article about the ending of the movie, which is a little confounding uh, and hopefully will help to sort of decipher some of the what's going on there. If you're if you've checked out the film and you're curious about that, I'll link to that article in the show notes. We have interviews with Marion Cotillard and Simon Helberg, who's also one of the co-stars of the film. Uh, if you want to learn any more about Sparks, who you just heard talk for a little while, you can read our review of the Sparks Brothers. And I think we have an interview with them from Sundance that I'll, I'll link to as well well. So yeah, check out SlashFilm.com for all sorts of stuff there. Uh, SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at peter at SlashFilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That really does help us out a lot. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you on Monday.